previously on the Simply Human podcast. Of all the things that Mark like, Mark, you know, endorses, like you know, eating monkey brains and stuff <laughs> like that. The weirdest thing that will make the biggest difference in everyone's life today is those stupid freaking orange glasses. <laughs> it's episode twenty-six of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it's another installment of our Everyman series, and today it's a two-for-one because we have an everyman and an expert. It is Dr. Nick Anthony, who's a chiropractor here in Abilene in uh, a good friend of mine played football with him in college. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment with Dr. Chris Armstrong. And this one may not be moderately funny. This one might just be funny because it has to do with him, uh, as you notice from the show title, Wrestling a Naked Man. <laughs> and, we'll wrap up and, yeah, and we'll wrap up with our Simply Human Tip of the Week. How are you, Rick? I'm awesome, Mark. As we record this, it is April Fool's Day. And uh, it is my uh, ninth wedding anniversary. So to my wife, who doesn't listen to this show, <laughs> uh, happy anniversary. I posted this on Facebook earlier. Like, you know, the, you know, the, you have to now have Facebook is you have to say something, you know, happy anniversary, even oh, though yeah, like, I, I told that. her to her face a hundred times, but people would be like, oh, what a jerk. He didn't put something on Facebook. <laughs> but like in the comments, I was like, you know what? Getting married on April 1st. I pretty much like resign. It's like signing a document that says for the rest of your life, you will never do an April Fool's joke ever again <laughs> because, like, you know, ruin your anniversary. Right. But my son, my six year old, or almost six year old son. This month, he will be six. Yeah, he'll be this uh, on, and actually, May, May 6th. Thanks oh, a lot, it? Mark. Oh! I'm uh, sorry, I thought this. No, I, you don't I thought. Your, you don't have your, like, uh, calendar out that you're looking <laughs> at, your paper calendar. But he was like, Daddy, I want to do an April Fool's joke with Mama. And I was like, Ah, perfect. Mm. I can live vicariously through <laughs> him. It's like the most so, elaborate. <laughs> when I was like, uh, how we decorated the house for for Halloween. We had these big, gigantic, you know, rubber tarantulas. And when I was planting flowers uh, uh, out in front a few days ago, I noticed one of these that had fallen behind one of the bushes. And I was like, "Hey, I've got a great idea." You know, something that because my wife doesn't like surprises. She doesn't like to be scared. But I was like, "Hey, uh, hey, buddy, I've got a great idea. We can put this gigantic spider in her seat." in the car and thinking like, Hey, when she gets up in the morning to put him, she's real, she's not really a morning person. I was like, she'll open the, 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 the door to the car and she'll see the spider in her seat and she'll be kind of scared, but not too bad, but like just kind of funny. And he's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And so we put it in there. <laughs> Is after, he a Muppet? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's how he's like, his like excited, like, <laughs> like overly excited voice, like cackling. And I was like, oh, easy, pal. You're, you're kind of weird out on me here. But like, he doesn't understand the concept really of surprises. And so I tell yeah. him, like for my birthday, they went out and got, you know, they, they got me a shirt and he was like, they came back from shopping, and she, my wife had told him, like, don't tell him what you got him. She's like, Daddy, I'm not supposed to tell you. We got you a Dallas Stars <laughs> shirt for your birthday. So we ruined stuff like yeah, that because I didn't the- get it yet. Well, I tell him, I was like, hey, and we have like a five-minute conversation. I was like, okay, here is why you don't tell Mama about the spider in her seat. Like explaining to him like college course level, like here is what makes something funny. Here's what makes it funny. And it's not funny if you tell her. 
Well, I guess they get up this morning, and on the way to the car, he just starts with this, like, his maniacal laugh, like, <laughs> overexcited laugh. And she's like, what are you laughing about? Why are you being so weird? And he's like, there's something in the car, but I can't tell you. So totally gave it away. So long story short, thanks a lot, six-year-old son, yeah. for ruining April Fool's Day. <laughs> thanks for nothing. And your anniversary. Yes. Yeah, that, it, it goes the opposite way, like, if you are the person that the trick is being played on or the surprise, you know, like on my birthday this last year, I knew that Jen had gotten me something, but I knew, and I knew my four-year-old knew. And so I just said, Hey, Halen, uh, what did, what did mommy, uh, get daddy for her birthday? And she like looked over at Jen and Jen kind of gave her that look like, and she said, some shoes. Like she just immediately like had, she's like had to tell me it's like that, that Saturday Night Live skit with, uh, uh, Kristen Wiig, when she was, she would be like the, the the lady who could not keep her her excitement about the surprise party. Have you ever seen that? Yes, yes, I, okay, I have. Okay, okay, that's that's brilliant. But you yeah. are an awful person, by the way, interrogating a four year old. Can't yeah. you just let a surprise be a surprise? <laughs> I like, and you're like yeah. hey, they're going through effort to surprise me, so I will allow this to happen. You're like my wife, yeah. who like goes and rooting through the attic for Christmas presents, yeah. like a month out. <laughs> Little does she know, I don't do any Christmas shopping until the twenty fourth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking but, of anniversaries, I uh, this weekend I had some time alone with my with my kids. My wife was at a baby shower, and one of the things I did during nap time, uh, when the the baby was awake, we were we were walking on the treadmill, which I would only recommend doing if you're like holding a baby and can't actually will walk outside. But I watched the Tanya Harding Thirty for Thirty. That is a great one. It dude. has been it twenty. Really it's been twenty years since that all happened, and I you know I was alive and I remember when all that happened. I think I was like in eighth grade, but man, that was crazy. Well, and the thing is like. You hit on it. We were both alive. I was uh, since 1994, so I was like in however old when you're 14. It was the O.J. Simpson grade. happened that later that year too. Well, and like the, the things that like we were alive for, and I remember you could tell me like, "Hey, were you alive for the Tanya Harding Nancy Kerry?" And they're like, "Yeah," and I could tell you a little teeny tiny bit about it, but because we were still so young, so, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, we're like missing the context around it. Right. Man, that was that is like the most fascinating thing of all time. Yeah. And by the way. She is crazy. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, she is like scary crazy. Yeah. That 20 years have passed by and she still can't just admit to what she did that she's like, I didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah. Man, uh, are you joking? Yeah. That like, would... it's just, it, it, it's, it, if you haven't watched it, I think they're on like, you know, Netflix or something like that. Yeah, it's, that's how I watched it. it. Yeah. Yeah, go watch that. It's really it's just incredibly at, interesting. At one point, I was so like outraged that I took my five-month-old son. And I just like threw him down on the ground. I was like, "She, that's crazy." <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Uh, oh, joking, good, joking hope. about uh, uh, baby abuse. That's that's great. Um, okay, <laughs> hey, uh, while I'm thinking about it, don't you? I think we had a, another review. Did you? Uh, do you have it pulled up where you can read I, it? I do have it pulled up. Uh, this is our seventh review. Mm, we need we a, need more. It is a five-star review. Thank you very much. You're, you're, I mean, you're welcome, Mark, for adding the fifth star. It is by Web259, so Vegas name in internet history. Yes. And it says, I quote, <clears throat> If you're looking for a show that is loaded with interesting, helpful topics and is extremely entertaining at the same time, then look no further. Seriously, this show has incredible as well as credible, get it? Ooh. Yes. The humans being human segment, and I'll take pride in this, by the way. The humans being human segment is a great way 
to have a laugh at the end of the show. Now, if you aren't a f- uh, aren't what one might call a fan of good poop in your pants stories, then you could always fast forward past that part. Not all of the humans being human stories are poop your pants stories, but most are, and they're funny. Oh, <laughs> not moderately funny. Actually, it's funny that you say that because the next our next interview, uh, so on the fourteenth, episode twenty seven is going to be with uh, Jeff Spakes. Uh, the guy that the who who I completely understood and and took his uh, constructive criticism to heart, but you sir uh, took offense to it. And we, if I may quote <laughs> Web two five nine oh, oh. quote and they're funny. <laughs> Burn. So we're gonna Burn yeah. So we're gonna have some fun with with Jeff uh, about yes. that. I'm sure. So. If um, I may continue, uh, one, a couple more sentences. And uh, oh, anyway, yeah. I, I have found the information I have learned from the various guests to be invaluable, quote, invaluable, curse this English language. <laughs> Keep up the good work, guys. So thank you, Web259, who uh, we do, I don't know who you are. Whoever you are, Porter, we don't know who you are. Oh, I guess what? you know him. What? I, I was imagining I like didn't, a guy with, like in one of those, like, uh, you know, anonymous masks like uh, just behind like a terminal of computers like reviewing things on iTunes so he yes he is a good friend and actually I, if more people would would give us right, right reviews i think that's how iTunes ranks the show and my goal i just want to scroll through the top 300 in <laughs> health and fitness just once and see us above some of the web the podcasts that haven't been updated in like 5 years that's my, my uh, what i love is when i search on iTunes for simple human podcast yeah. <laughs> you'll pull up the reviews the first one now is simple human podcast it, the second one when you just type in simple human podcast the second one is Simply Sasquatch Radio. Yeah. And I don't think it's been updated for two or three years. Uh, the third one is Simply Sasquatch. <laughs> so we are in the Sasquatch, uh, you know, genre uh, being gigantic, yep. hairy human being category. So, hey, all right. Nice. Good news. All Good right. news for us. And one other thing that I wanted to mention real quick is that uh, at the, the airing of this podcast, uh, show on april 7th will be the week of paleo fx i'm speaking about how to raise human kids in austin on the 11th on friday at 4 15 and then i am on a panel an expert panel of which i am the least expert on the 13th sunday morning i just found this out um with sarah fragoso of the everyday paleo lifestyle fitness podcast um uh, yes and some other very heavy hitters uh so i'm really excited about that hopefully i can just sort of sit up there and be able to put that like on my uh resume and not have to say anything because i'll say something and they'll be like that's wrong stupid idiot who is the (laughs) idiot on here so paleo effects is coming up and uh uh, we would love to have you there i'll link to it in the show notes but uh, there are still tickets available it's going to be a good time so uh let us get to it you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com links to the facebook page youtube channel the simple human kids page it's all there uh, and follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. That is also my Instagram uh, account. I've all, I've been a little more active on Instagram lately, and gotten gotten quite a few followers uh, at simplyhuman52, number five two, on Instagram. Follow or uh, email me at simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can also email Rick at simplyhumanrick r i c k at gmail.com. To tell me how funny I am and validate my human existence. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. So without further ado, here is Dr. Nick Anthony, a doctor of chiropractic, where we talk about long jump, gardens, posture, pulling, blood flow, foam rollers, 
heels on shoes and being outside. Here is another installment of the Everyman series with Dr. Nick Anthony. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my distinct pleasure to welcome into the Simply Human podcast the 26th episode, not just a good friend of mine, someone I've known almost 15 years, which is scary, but ladies and gentlemen, still to this day, the record holder in the long jump at Roscoe High School. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Anthony. Hello, guys. Thank you for that introduction. <laughs> Are you impressed, he's a, Rick? He's a Roscoe Plowboy legend. Yes. If you go into the, the foyer area of the gym and has all the records, Nick Anthony is uh, still up there, which to me is just super impressive and something that I had to learn while I was at Roscoe and looked up and I was like, is that... Is that you up there? That's and he never told me that. And if I was that, it's just like the Princeton uh, collegiate track Ben Affleck lookalike. If I had the long jump record at a school, any school, I would just walk around saying, "Hi, I'm Nick Anthony. I have the st- the record school record in Roscoe for the longest long jump." Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. So anyway, <laughs> well, in in most schools, that twenty three. 23- feet that I jumped is, is probably just a mediocre jump, but for Roscoe, that's outstanding. Well, I'm going to bleep out the uh, the uh, second part of that and make it say uh, the 29 uh, foot jump, <laughs> which <laughs> close to the world record. Okay, so enough about long jump. Nick, Anthony, Dr. Nick Anthony, tell us about your background. Uh, obviously, we know that you're from Roscoe, home of the largest wind farm on the planet, but kind of take us through uh, your background and sort of where, how you got to where you are today as a chiropractor. Well, it all kind of started. Um, the more I think about how it started, it, it's, it goes back to kind of the way I was raised. Um, never really noticing at the time how natural my family was, but we um, were very holistic in the ways that we did things, whether we preached it or not. Um, very rarely took medications, very rarely went to the doctor. Um, if we woke up and weren't feeling good that morning, mom would say, oh, as long as you don't have a fever, go ahead and go to school. You'll probably be better by noon. If you're not better then, then we'll come get you. And um, most times, nine times out of 10, probably we're feeling better by noon and it all just kind of passed. As time progressed and kind of more on the natural aspect of my family, we always had a garden growing up, grew up in a big farming community. So um, we knew how to till the land and, and, and allow it to flourish and um, give us uh, the needs through food. And um, we always enjoyed doing that. And that's something that I still enjoy doing to this day. Um, and then from there, after I graduated high school, went to ACU. Um, was in all sports in high school, coming from a small 1A school, went to ACU um, to play football. And Went into ACU, the big six foot three, 195 pound wide receiver. <laughs> and by the time I graduated, just doing football and eating at the good old bean and pumping the iron, graduate at a big six foot three, 248 pounds. Yes. And so um, played tight end while I was there. Uh, the, the wide receiver thing kind of went down the drain after I started packing on some meat and losing a little speed and so and, and uh, long anyway. jump ability i'm sure <laughs> and so i i 
continued with my sports through ACU. Um, was in ACU's kinesiology department. Uh, got a, a pre-physical therapy degree from there. All the while thinking I was going to go to a physical therapy school. Um, went through uh, the first round of interviews at three different pre uh, physical therapy schools. Um, and made waiting list on those. And then kind of was trying to decide what I was going to do. So <clears throat> I decided, okay, I'll just um, get a job for a year in a physical therapy clinic, kind of build my resume up, learn some more of the ins and outs of it, and uh, started working at Action um, Rehab in Abilene, and was there about a year and a half, and during that year and a half, I kind of had a, a calling and a desire to look more into chiropractic. Um, I saw a chiropractor when I was at ACU playing football. You know, kind of all I knew at that point was, you know, I go in there when I've got a backache, get my bones rattled, cracked and popped and walk out feeling good. Um, and so I took a visit to the chiropractic school, um, did my interview there, did the um, uh, application. Two weeks later, the door opened, they accepted me. And within a couple months, we moved to Dallas and I started chiropractic school. And so um, went to three and a half years of school there. And upon graduation, moved back to Abilene because I love West Texas and this desert so much <laughs> um, and started uh, into chiropractic practice and been doing it a little over three years now. Now you are, uh, you have an office in Abilene and then I believe right now you are in Roscoe, right? It's a couple days a week. You, you have a clinic in Roscoe. Is that right? That's correct. Uh, uh, service Roscoe, uh, two days a week. Uh, it's a little small town, 50 miles uh, west of Abilene, so it's not too bad of a drive out here, um, and kind of serve as their team doc and trainer for the, the school here, kind of my way of giving back to the school, and um, I'm also an adjunct professor for anatomy and physiology department. Very cool. Now, okay, let's say that you were approached by an alien who had no idea, had never heard the word chiropractic or doctor of, of chiropractic. What, what is it? Explain it. Uh, in the most simplistic terms, I would say that it is taking the body and its potential energy um, that, that is within and just can, enabling it to um, maintain a balanced equilibrium through the musculoskeletal system, through the nervous system, and allowing that nervous system to flourish and, and keep all other systems um, at 100% capacity. Um, it, your, your nervous system is kind of your master control center. And if something is going down in the master control center, then you can see where things further down the, the pipe are going to get lessened or weakened or um, decrease in function. And so through, through chiropractic, we access the nervous system through the joints and through uh, the proprioceptors that are within those joints to stimulate the nervous system and to, you know, if there's a nerve impingement to release that um, as well as taking the musculature and any kind of fascial issues that are going on to uh, cause abnormal movement, uh, then we uh, try to correct those as well. Now, Nick, if you went to the grocery store and you just set up shop in the very front where like lots of people are going in and out. What's the number one problem that you'd see that most people 
don't realize is a problem, but kind of is a problem. Does that make sense? The most common kind of area that, uh, that you see people screwing up and not realizing they're screwing up. I'm going to go with posture because uh, I kind of made some notes before the interview here of things that I wanted to touch on. And uh, one of my things right here is the biggest emphasis is on posture. And this is across the age spectrum. Um, it's, it's so common in today's era. We spend so much time on the computer, so much time at work. Um, you know, kids are not writing in school. They're typing on computers at school. And so we, we, tend to see that posture is becoming a very substantial issue, not only in middle to later aged individuals, but in our youth. And it's because we're sitting so much in front of computers, games, um, video games, whatever it may be, and our posture is slouching, our shoulders are rolling forward, our head is going forward. Um, we have a minimal curve in our low back because we don't sit up straight. Um, I don't know where all the grandmothers went that were around when I was a kid, but I used to get slapped upside the head whenever I slouched at the kitchen table. And um, nowadays, it's just kind of just common uh, to see everybody just slouching and, and not uh, sitting up straight and not addressing their posture in the way they should. Because there's just some like real basic, like, you know, obviously if someone's posture is brutal and, uh, you know, they're going to need to come in and get some sort of like, you know, professional advice or help, and I'm not looking for you to give away the farm or anything like that here, but is there something that, you know, John Q every day, because that's something that I've noticed in pictures of me, it's almost like my shoulders are kind of rolled forward, and I, mm -hmm. it doesn't feel abnormal, and I've, I've probably been doing it my whole life, and no one has really said anything. Is there some little, like, you know, very basic everyday kind of tips that I can follow to, to kind of get that back in like a normal range or what have you? The first thing you can do is just by when you get in, when you get up in the morning and you go into the bathroom, look at yourself in the mirror, stand as square as you can and just take a look and, and, and picture everything in front of you and see if your shoulders are in line. Um, if your hips look like they're square, um, if you're, if you look like you're swaying forward onto your toes, if you look like you're swaying back onto your heels, uh, and then turn to the side and look to the side and see if your ear is in line with your shoulder, if your shoulder is in line with your hip and your hip in line with the heel of your foot. Because if all of those things are symmetrically and in, in, in plumb line, then you should have a pretty solid posture. However, most times when we look to the side, we see that our head is, our ear is a little bit in front of our shoulder and our shoulders are even rolled forward and they're not in line with our hip. And so we have a tendency to, to feel like we're on a forward lean onto the, the balls of our feet. Now, and so by, by just looking at those things, it's kind of an easy guide for yourself. Now, Nick, uh, you can, you can disagree with this or agree and, and, and develop or, uh, expand expound on it however you want to but one of the things that i i notice is as far as the posture thing it's like yeah we're that that is a, a result of being in the same positioning whether that's sitting in a car sitting in front of your computer sitting on your couch it's all if you take the body position the context changes but the position is the same and it, it's forward 
So it's like, is what I try to do to fix that. Cause Rick, I'm like you, I, if you look at, I mean, I, I have major, uh, back issues as far as like just being curved and, and slouching mm-hmm. forward. So I, every day I try to do some sort of pull with any opposite direction, whether that's a pull up or, um, you know, like a bent row or rowing, anything that's, that goes in the opposite direction, anytime I can to lay on the floor to watch TV, to open up the hip flexors, open up the shoulders. I try to do that. Is that, is you, do you, and, and also like I'll go outside to my, my pull-up bar in my garage in the morning. The first thing I'll do is just hang on the bar for like a minute and just feel <laughs> everything just sort of crack and, and, uh, uh, stretch out. Is that, do you recommend that kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, kind of what you're, you're getting to as far as everything going forward, um, we stress this a lot in chiropractic school and we try to express it to our patients is the fast paced lifestyle that we live now. We are very stressed and, and I'm kind of going to kind of go into a physiological um, explanation of this, but the more stressed that we are, the more that it fires our flexor muscles. So if you think about your flexor muscles, they're, they're anything that's going to draw you closer towards the midline or closer towards the fetal position. So you think about the things that you're just mentioning that you stretch. You're stretching your pecs, okay? You want to stretch those out. You want to get your shoulders back. You're stretching your hip flexors, your quads, because they're trying to be tight because they're trying to draw your core down closer to your knees into that flex position. Everything that we want to do, we want to overemphasize the extensors so that we will open up our posture, we'll open up our stance, um, and our shoulders will be more square, our hips will be square, and it will take the, the tension off of those flexors. Right. Does that, that make sense it, to you? It does, yeah. So I guarantee you, anyone listening to this this podcast in, in over the last five minutes, I guarantee you, has either sat up straighter or like like push their shoulders back or, you know, I just like listening to this guy. Kind of, Cause I've done it about four times as we've been sitting here talking. Yes. I'm sitting, I usually have a standing deal, but today I'm sitting. Uh, that's another thing I try to tell people is stand as much as possible. Get a standing workstation. It's not about standing yes. up and walking is not about burning calories. It's about not being in that, that forward seated position. It's just like with nutrition. It's just like with sleep. It's like, here's what not to do is sort of the way that I like to, to frame stuff. So here's what not to do. Don't sit, try not to, to sit, you know, it, it, as much as you possibly can. Like a lot of times at dinner, I will sit on the floor mm-hmm. next to the girl's table some, and they'll sit down next to me, you know, of course, put the dogs out or we'll have mass chaos and, uh, because the dogs are trained. It's like, if there's food on the floor, it's theirs. So that can get a little dicey, but, um, there's some other stuff that I've been reading and tell me if this is hogwash or not, but you know, you mentioned how musculoskeletal or that really the, the musculature and the skeletal system is connected to the nervous system. And then also there are a lot of like blood pressure issues and blood flow, cardiovascular issues that are connected to being bent and being like sort of in this crooked position. Is that, uh, do you, or do you see anything like that? Or have you seen, uh, read any research about, you know, how, how your skeletal system can also affect your cardiovascular system? Yes. So, um, kind of from the ground level, you, we think about our vascular system. We think about the heart being the major pump. Okay. And all is well with the heart and it pumps the blood out, but somehow that blood 
blood from our feet has got to get back to our heart. And so whenever you, you take an individual who is very sedentary, very inactive and just sits a lot, your veins require your muscles to pump that blood back up. And so the more sedentary the person, the less of a, a return they have for that blood to get back to the heart to be pumped out and redistributed to the lungs and, and everything else and get reoxygenated. And so the veins have valves, whereas an, an arteries that carry the blood away from the heart, they do not have valves. It's just an open tube. Well, those veins that have valves, as the pressure builds, it'll push a little bit up. But the more that you can move your legs and, you know, when you flex your calves, you, you feel that the you don't necessarily feel it, but the blood is being pushed further from the calf up to the thigh and then further from the thigh up to the pelvis and then the pelvis up into the abdomen to the heart. And so with that inactivity, you don't have that return pump working at its potential. And so it's very important that they get up and move because um, as somebody sits for an extended period of time, that blood can just pull or they, they build up a uh, hydrostatic hypertension that's what's because of fluid that's built up in the lower extremities or wherever it may be. And it is crazy, Nick, that you mentioned that because uh, just very quickly, I'm a police officer. You probably, I don't know if Mark told you or not, but uh, there's a saying in, uh, I don't know. If Everybody really hide your weed, there's a cop. <laughs> oh, yes, it's the police. <laughs> but like, uh, there's, there's uh, you know, a lot of police statistics are done about, you know, how officers, you know, how long they live and how they die and things like that. And you wouldn't believe, you know, well, you probably would believe far, 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 far more officers die at work of heart attacks when they're just sitting somewhere than they ever do in assaultive offenses. And I think right. honestly, a lot of this is because, and you know, you know, we want to think of police work like, uh, you know, the crazy TV shows, chasing bad guys, jumping fences. And <laughs> you know, most of my 12 hour shift, I'm not kidding you. You're I on Facebook. On average, <laughs> probably about seven hours of it is spent sitting in a car sitting around, right. driving, sitting around, driving and looking, writing reports. I try to get up every, you know, hour and a half or so, usually to, you know, get good something to drink or go to the bathroom or whatever, but just to get up and stretch around, compounded by the fact that if you look at these uniforms that we're wearing, there's big, heavy, gigantic belts that go right around your waist <laughs> and contribute to back problems and stuff like that. What is, uh, I would assume, you know, just kind of hitting on what you just said, just making an effort to get up and walk around and stretch and things like that or something that, you know, not just police officers, but like anybody that carries uh, a disproportionate weight around their waist. Like, uh, I don't know, carpenters have big, heavy carpenters mm -hmm. belts, uh, you know, stuff like that. Just get up and, and make an effort to move and stretch and st stuff like that, I'm assuming. Yes. The more, you know, kind of a, just a general rule of thumb I use with patients that whether they work at a desk and sit majority of the day or in a car all the day or truck drivers is, um, you know, for every hour that you're sitting, try to get out and move, move around for 10 to 20 minutes. And so, you know, that seems like a lot. If you're spending eight hours in a car driving around all day, then that's going to be almost two hours worth of walking. That's kind of not realistic. But um, the more you can do that incrementally throughout the day rather than sitting for eight hours and then get out and walk for 30 minutes, will do you more good if you do it throughout the day rather than all at one time. Awesome. Cool. Another, another thing, um, 
I know we we want to talk about this, and hopefully this show is going to air. Oh, you know what? This show is going to air on the seventh because we always go to the from the seventh, fourteen, twenty one, twenty eight. So hey, there we go. We have a few days extra. Anyway, um, so hopefully by the seventh in six days, I April Fool's Day. By the way, <laughs> sorry. Uh, <laughs> hopefully by by the seventh, I will have my video and or uh, article posted on foam rolling. And Nick, from what I understand, because I'm I'm getting my string coat certification right now, as all the listeners probably uh, all four of the listeners are probably very sick of hearing about uh, but from what i understand your muscle you've got the big muscle and then within the muscle you've got this, the fascial tissue which is made up of basically microfiber so there's three different layers and what foam rolling does is basically what is kind of explain this further you have these i guess little adhesions scar tissue between those fibers that you need to to break out is that correct correct um the, the biggest thing there, so anytime you work a muscle or, you know, you, you overwork it and it maybe has little bitty micro trauma to the muscle fibers itself, um, your body and its innate ability will come in and try to repair it. Um, and if we don't attack that problem quick enough, the repair will sometimes be too good. And, and when I say that, it's it comes down to that area that is injured or stretched and it will lay down this scar tissue or fibrous tissue and the way I explain it to patients is that tissue is kind of like a basket weave It, it takes tissue and it goes in and out of each other from different directions whereas in ideal movement you want that tissue to be in um the plane of the fibers. And so whenever you have any kind of cross fiber weave in that injured area, then you will have a fascial restriction. And that fascial restriction will inhibit that little portion of muscle fiber from being able to stretch or contract efficiently. And so by taking the foam roller, you're able to move those muscles and that tissue um, in the plane of the of the fibers so that it kind of irons it out for lack of better terms and it and it stretches it out so that it's able to move at its optimum um range direction yeah and and one one thing that you know if you've never foam rolled and you know you do it for the first time and you just you know do it on your back or on your it bands it can be pretty nauseatingly painful it shouldn't be that's a good sign that you've got a lot of these little adhesions but once you start to kind of get where you can you know, roll without moving anything, you know, as far as like, okay, now when I do my IT bands, I'll find a spot and then I'll move my knee, my lower leg through the range of motion to kind of, to take that, those adhesions over, uh, that foam roller or the lacrosse ball, uh, whatever I'm using to break up that, that fascial tissue. And you don't have to, it's not like you have to do your whole body every day and it's going to take you an hour to foam roll. I mean, pick one or two things every day and take 10 <laughs> minutes and roll your calves out, roll your lower calves out, roll your bottoms of your feet or go- get a golf ball or a cross ball, do the bottoms of your feet. You can do your uh, rotator cuff. You can do your pecs. I mean, there's so many different things you can do 
uh, with a lacrosse ball or with foam rolling, uh, which is which you can do great things. And another thing that I've learned recently is that, and I posted a video on this on the on the Simply Human YouTube channel, is that your connective tissue, ligaments, bones, joints, or, or the the things that make up the joints, the tendons. Uh, don't really have a very easy access to oxygen, whereas like your skin that you have capillaries and go through, so it can get all this oxygen, get all these good healing nutrients. Well, the connective tissue doesn't have that. The way that you could drive, the way that you drive those uh, good nutrients into that connective tissue is by taking your joints through their entire range of motion. So if you don't ever take your shoulder, for instance, through this entire range of motion, there are going to be parts of that joint that start to die. And that's where you start seeing this degenerative disease, osteoarthritis, things like that. Is that what you see in your practice a lot? That is correct. And so um, kind of on another aspect to that, even when you take it through that normal range of motion or the full range of motion, it's important that your mechanics are proper in that motion. Um, For instance, you brought up the shoulder. Um, if your shoulder blades are not retracted and, and squeezed together and you try to bring your arms up like you're doing a jumping jack, then you will, you will feel an impingement type feeling in the anterior part of the shoulder. If, and so that's where we kind of go back to the extensor dominance. We, wanted, we want to dominate in the rhomboids and the lower traps so that your shoulder blades will be back together so that you have more fluid and more ability to move through the full range of motion with your shoulder. However, if our pecs are really tight and our shoulders are rolled forward, then we try to raise our arm up and you can't get it half as far because you start to get a a fascial restriction as well as a bony restriction because of the abnormal movement. And so the degenerative diseases a lot of times come in from people that have an aberrant movement and they just continue to move that way over time and and the bone will readapt itself and grow according to that movement and then you get osteoarthritis right and that's basically now what i'm kind of, oh, sorry, what, what i'm hearing kind of is that you know i've always thought of like you know visits to chiropractors for like people who are bent over in pain all the time and just they're all crooked and they've got weird scoliosis back and stuff but it might be a good idea for everyone. I mean, I'm not saying you have to go like five times a week or nothing. I mean, you'd probably like that, but like, right. it would be a good idea for everyone <laughs> at some point to go, you know, talk to a professional, talk to a chiropractor at length about the issues specific to their body. Cause I know I've torn both of my labrums. I've had it band issues about this time last year. I had to abandon running a marathon right pretty much right before it because my it band issues were so brutal i've had plantar fasciitis these are things that i should sit down probably with a chiropractor and come up with some strategies no yeah and and one other thing it's like if if we lived in a natural a simply human environment you wouldn't need to foam roll you wouldn't need to do all these things because you would be moving around you your joints would be going through the full ranges of motion uh that you know but because we have you know created this uh, you know, society, civilization around us. That's where it comes in, where we need to try to fix the things that we're missing out on. And so one other thing that you mentioned earlier is like how your bone will try to either, you know, add more bone to the parts that are being used and, and not add bone to the parts that aren't being used. Um, it's like your feet, you know, bunions and hammer toes and all those things. Mm-hmm. Calluses aren't like a bad thing. That's your body responding to a, you know, like being used in a way that it's not really supposed to be used. It's kind of an amazing thing. 
but right. that's that's uh, leading me into the question about like heels on shoes because you know you mentioned earlier that if you look at yourself in the mirror you want everything to be lined up well put your raise your heels up well now you've got to compensate with your ankles your knees your hips your low back so talk about heels and shoes and and being barefoot and strengthening your feet well i will say this mark i did see your uh post on the feet and the kids the other day and i, I like that post um thank you and when when it comes to feet um your feet are your foundation and it's just like if you build your house you build it on sand and the earth moves and just any little quiver your foundation is going to be unsteady you want your feet to be firm and so um you know, like your post talked about, the more we can do with our feet to build that strength, to build that um, adaptation to the environment that we're walking on, um, it fires a lot of uh, neurological input to the brain. And so um, the more input that goes in, the, the more input that comes out of the brain to correct your um, posture, the way your foot mechanics are working, um, you know, I see people all the time that come in with like plantar fasciitis or, um, you know, even hip issues and I'll address their feet. And, you know, sometimes that kind of catches them off guard because it's not the issue that they have. But sometimes it's not always about treating the symptom of pain. It's rather getting to the actual cause. And in a lot of time, in a lot of cases, either they're very flat feet, flat feet flat-footed sorry flat-feeted um, is that how you say that <laughs> <laughs> um and they overpronate in their feet and that causes their medial knee to come inward and then causes internal rotation of the hip and therefore they end up with hip problems um there's so much mechanically that go on from the feet to the knees to the knees to the hip to the hip to the pelvis and up into the spine that it all plays a factor and so um, even if you come in with hip pain or you go see a chiropractor with hip pain, they may assess more than just your hip because they're going to try to get to the root cause of, of whatever's causing that ailment. Yeah. And, and not in every case, but in, not in every case. do what? I think I was getting a little feedback. Sorry, Rick. I thought you were talking. Um, yeah, not in every case, but in a lot of cases, flat feet is nothing more than, you know, in that article that you mentioned, which I'll link to in the show notes that, you know, a quarter of your muscles and bones in your body are, are below your ankle. And so with that flat feet is just a sign that you have basically stopped using the bones and the muscles and the connective tissue in your feet and they have atrophied. And so all those, that beautifully designed arc that, that is designed to hold you a body up for a lifetime has just kind of fallen and, and collapsed. And then, like you said, that, that just, you know, uh, leads to a, a whole issue, a whole, whole host of other issues. Uh, and then what just kills me is like the high heel. I just, uh, that's just crazy. <laughs> I, and then women wondering why, you know, the, the cowboy boot, just for reference, the, the, the reason there was a heel on a cowboy boot was to hold it in the stirrup. There was a, there was like a functional, there was a functional reason that there was a heel put on a cowboy boot. And now it's turned into like the heel has turned into like a, a fashion thing, which what, what are we willing to, you know, to, to trade for fashion, you know, our, our but the our, women's calves look so good in here. Oh, they look so sleek and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, it's really worth it, ladies. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I was talking to somebody. Uh, oh, I, I remember uh, she was uh, in her job. You know, she's like, "Well, I just don't feel professional if I'm not wearing heels." And it's like, "Well, that's just that's you know, as long as you know you're making that choice, that's totally cool. As long as you you know take the heels off and basically standing on golf balls uh, the rest of the night to try to counteract all that <laughs> all that stuff." But Dr. Anthony, I want to definitely have you back on the show. I can't believe we're already uh right around 30 minutes um but uh and i I think we might even have have you on a humans being human segment at some point maybe uh would like to thank you for joining us on the everyman series and you're not you're kind of a two-for-one you're an expert and an everyman if the definition of every man is just my friend, uh, so sorry, sorry, sorry about that. That you has, that that you fit that designation. But one one last question, and that is something that I ask almost everyone: uh, what, what what is something that you do? And this doesn't have, have anything to do with chiropractic. Just what is something you do that that uh, what is something that you enjoy about life, or something you do that to make life more enjoyable? There, I did it. Um, <clears throat> probably the, the most enjoyable thing that I like to do is be outside. Um, uh, uh, if there's something going on outside, I want to be a part of it, whether it's sporting activity, whether it's going to look at uh, a car show, whether it's gardening, um, and making it more enjoyable is whenever I'm with my family. Um, I have a little boy who's three and um, he loves and he's, he's on my heels in every move I make. Sometimes a good thing, sometimes not. <laughs> um, and, but doing those things outside and, and being active uh, and being with my family is what makes life enjoyable to me. So Very good. I appreciate you having me on and, um, you know, hope. Hopefully we can get together and do this again another time and, and talk about some more topics, but um, uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, and you know, definitely oh, yeah. one thing that I, we didn't really get to, to talk about are, is, is like a, a backyard gardens that I really want to get, get to at some point, especially before it gets too late in the spring because Dr., Dr. Nick is helping me with my uh, first ever backyard garden. It has been a process, but we are, we are going to do it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> and, and also I need to uh, talk to Nick off, the, off air about getting my wife and two daughters and five-month-old son and myself in to see him because we all need... Uh, we all need to go see Dr. Nick. It's something that we try to do consistently. So thank you for uh, moving back uh, close to us and not going off to the big city. And um, and we'll we'll talk to you soon. Rick, any any farting thoughts for, for Dr. Nick? Uh, you know, this is, and I say this every week, it feels like. Every week the, the guests get more interesting and more applicable. But man, this is something that, that I have ignored for long, long, long time, posture issues. And... Uh, I feel like I walk in a funny manner. My feet are out like a duck. And I just, I got to go see a, a chiropractor. If I was closer to you, Nick, I'd come see you. But like uh, this is, is, is an area that I, that I think most people kind of ignore that we need to pay more attention to, that it would have more of a, an, a, a beneficial impact to everyday stuff if we just, you know, would mm-hmm. pay more attention to posture and, and, and alignment and stuff like that. So, man, just very extraordinarily interesting. Thank you very much for your time. All right, and we, Thank you. Yeah, and, we, and we'll have you back on, Nick. I appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. 
Thank you, Dr. Nick Anthony. Uh, that was uh, that was fantastic. A lot of good information, and uh, I will go. I will be taking my family to see Nick soon. So as I as and it I sounds like I will be actually. I live kind of far away from him, but it sounds like I may be looking into a chiropractic visit as well. We were telling Nick off the air like I'm kind of ashamed and afraid to go to a chiropractor <laughs> because he'll see like the way that I walk and like see the way that I run and the way that my posture is, and he'll just like you know just. You know, just shake uh, his what, head what, and just. Well, what's the uh, the internet term like? He'll face palm and be like, "Oh my gosh, right. dude, you, you are beyond get out, hell. just get out, yeah. just leave." Yeah. So my sight, and he will like rip your badge off of your uniform, <laughs> <laughs> throw it, spit in your face. That would that would not be a good way to to retain patience. Um, okay, so thank you, Nick, and we will have Nick back on in the future, I am sure. So it is now time for the humans being human segment. And you all remember Dr. Chris Armstrong, uh, the anesthesiologist we had on last week, uh, is the and first my, uh, my your soulmate, soulmate, <laughs> yeah. my yes. man soulmate. Yes, he was the first in our uh, Everyman series, and uh, hey, he true actually, story. Like I went on your Facebook trying to stalk him, and I was like, I'm going to be Facebook friends with him, <laughs> and then we'll be real best friends. I don't know if he is he on Facebook. I didn't see it on I there, I so I, I cried. Uh, a I did. Bit. I did a group text you and him, so sort of like a sub subconsciously sort of gave you his uh, his Dude, cell number. Like when I saw that group text message, I was like, "Oh man, this is my end." It's like seventh grade all over again. Yeah. So I'm going to mail him a letter that says, "Do you want to be my friend?" Check <laughs> yes or no. Yes or no. Um, okay, so he told a really funny story about uh, when he was an intern, and we set it up obviously, but uh, I, you know, the title of the show. Naked Wrestling, here it is. Naked Wrestling, Chris Armstrong. <laughs> Dr. Chris Armstrong from previous episode, the first of the Everyman series, has a humans being human story that he wanted to share with us. And I actually have, I don't think I have any uh, idea what this story is. So Chris, why don't you set it up for us and uh, let's, let's do this. All right. I, I'll tell the story and I'm going to, pause at moments in between to, to add some background facts because <laughs> this may be one of those deals. The people that I was residents with, training with, become a doctor, all knew these things and think it's a funny story. But it may come across as a bomb to the regular folks who haven't experienced all this. So I'll get us up to speed. One month into your intern year, med schools, all books, all you really don't touch anybody, you have no authority, you're just a student. Obviously, you're a med student. July 1st, you become a doctor, and all of a sudden, you're in charge of everything. You know, right. You're in charge of all these patients. So I remember, I won't forget these months ever until I'm dead. You start July 1st. Well, my second month, I was on one of the medicine specialties. So at night, when you're on call, you're basically in charge of all the medicine specialty patients, pulmonology patients, endocrine patients, cardiology patients. You're the intern that's in charge of any calls, any issues, everything. You're taking care of that. Now, in a hospital, they've got all these different codes. Every hospital's different. The ones at Scott and White, if they would say Dr. Blue, Dr. Blue would mean that someone was needing CPR. There would be Dr. Pink, someone had stole the baby, there were all these different codes for events that people in the hospital knew. So just file that away because well, that's going to come back in this story. Well, Dr. Pink seems rather, I mean, what if it was a little boy baby? He, I'm sure he wouldn't want to be a Dr. Pink. 
No, he wouldn't. <laughs> Dr. Baby Blue. Okay, right. Sorry. And there's some derogatory Dr. Brown, which wasn't <laughs> exactly an official term, but you can probably fill in the blanks what we meant when we'd say there's a Dr. Brown in room 432. <laughs> you did okay. not want to answer that call. <laughs> yeah. So back to the story. And this is the part where I may need to fill in some blanks because you, my, my, my fellow workers in the trenches know exactly what's going on, but I'll need that because you may be under the delusion that you really know what you're doing when you're an intern, but that's not the case at all. You've got an amazing amount of responsibility with very little skill and knowledge at this point. So upper levels would give you, I mean, we, it was a security blanket. It was this sheet of paper with a thousand things in tiny writing all these different responses to scenarios that we'd hide in our back pocket. I mean, I'm sure the nurses knew we all had them, but we were too proud to let them see us use them. <laughs> so I get a phone call as the house officer, nurse on the floor. She was a young nurse. She told me about a guy, so I went up to see him. Well, I get there, and there's this just insane guy who is stark naked, screaming in his room, running around, banging things. I go, what's the deal? <laughs> She goes, well, I, I was told that if he does this tonight, I was to call Dr. Armstrong. Oh, no. So, and, so okay, and how, how old is this guy? I mean, are we talking about, like, is this like a kid? He's 50s, or, 50s, okay. but has some problems. He's, okay. I mean, he's totally naked. I mean, well, is he, wait, hold on. So is now. he in the hallway at this point? He's in his room. Okay. I don't know how he's been confined to his room, but he's in there just yelling and throwing things. Okay. So at this point, I did the old intern tricks. I didn't know what to do. So to buy time, you pull out the naked guy in his room card. <laughs> right. Well, here's here's a here's an intern trick to buy time to think and maybe talk to one of your buddies or look at your sheet. You go real officially and real pompously. I need to look at the chart, which is really code for I need to get over there and figure out what I'm going to do. Yeah, I need to con uh, consult the journal of <laughs> like yeah right. medicine. Yeah. Nude nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm over there and I'm trying to find a way. I mean, I have no clue what to do. And I, I've always enjoyed the hierarchy of medicine. I mean, I'd been a good soldier. I mean, even when I was low on the totem pole, I liked it. I liked pleasing my bosses, and I like it now that I'm at the upper end of the totem. I've just always liked the hierarchy. So right. if she said, well, he said to call you, so the last thing I was going to do is let the sun come up and have my boss not be pleased. Right. So I go, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? She goes, well, I think we're going to need to restrain him. I go, good. I'm going to write an order for that. She goes, you're going to need to restrain him. <laughs> There's not a restraining team. Right. There's a pick line team. There's not yeah. a restraining naked guy team. Now, let's not forget our codes, Dr. Blue, Dr. Pink, all these, because this okay. is, this is going to come back. So I go into the room in my shirt and tie and my white coat, and this guy sees me. Now he's on the attack. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I'm... It, you may remember this from the last show. I'm a little guy. I'm 5'9", and right now I'm about 165. So I got really one move. I've always had it in any kind of scrap. I just bum rush and do a heel click. So I don't. <laughs> I just run at him, and I get him in a full body embrace. This guy is just stark naked, and we both go flying onto his bed. So I'm laying genital to genital, face to face. <laughs> Holding this guy down. Did you the, kiss him? <laughs> we almost did. Lips almost to. The nurse was so mortified that she stood there. I go, we got to restrain him. 
So we get him tied down, and I'm, I don't think anything of it. I mean, I don't think anything of it for, it's a, probably a month later. I'm back on a different call. I'm on surgery now, and I'm up at the computer. Well, they've got a little legend at the computer that says, Dr. Blue, Dr., and the numbers that you call. Well, down at the bottom, it said, Dr. Armstrong, and it had the number. And I go, hey, look, why am I on here? To one of the nurse, she goes, that's what we call when we need security to come restrain some. It didn't dawn. I, I go. And I go right in the note. And then all of a sudden, it just flooded back to me. That's all they wanted. The boss just, call security. just wanted her to call Dr. Armstrong, which means real people, security. Yeah, not you to go running in and risk your, your uh, life. At, <laughs> like. but, but that, the people who I trained with and all my bosses, they loved that story. So oh. anytime it would get announced overhead, this was before cell phones, it was those alphanumeric pagers. I would just get slam paged by bosses, you know, people that would normally not talk to me. Like, you gonna go respond to that, Armstrong? <laughs> I mean, for four years, I there wasn't one Dr. Armstrong that I wouldn't get about five wise guy yeah, texts. You yeah. gotta go get it. Go get it. <laughs> so that, that's what they would call, like over the loudspeakers. Like, yeah, you know, if there's Dr. a fight Armstrong, in the we lobby, have a Dr. they'd say Dr. Armstrong to the lobby, and that would mean the Armstrong security, security guards. Yeah. But, I didn't know that at the time. Well, I thought that I was so important they needed me to play bouncer. <laughs> well, you do have a great name for it, Armstrong. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, a, a, a very um, good break from a poop in the pants story that normally comes <laughs> on the humans being human story. And we would love to have you back on, rack your brain, find another hilarious story that maybe isn't. You know, we don't want to violate any HIPAA uh, policies or anything. So anything that doesn't violate HIPAA, we would love to hear about uh, from a doctor standpoint. Like, oh, I'm sure that, I'm sure there are many. My, my, my mental filter just like was like, no, nope, don't say that. And so I was like, okay, I won't say that. But um, cool. Well, Dr. Armstrong, Chris Armstrong, thank you uh, for your incredibly hilarious story. And I hope... Uh, that that is something that you have yet to unsee, uh, laying face-to-face -face with Naked Man. It'll be there forever. <laughs> All right, man, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Dr. Armstrong. Always a fun story. Uh, not poop your pants, but naked a uh, naked a wrestling guy. I guess you could do that, too. <laughs> wrestle, well, wrestle a naked guy is always fun. Well, and I have quite a bit of experience uh, wrestling naked men uh, through my job, so please take that out of context and which put is, that everywhere. Yeah, which is a your job, which is a professional wrestle, naked wrestler. <laughs> professional naked wrestler. I wear the belt and the, that whole nine yards everywhere. But like when it's funny. Nine yards. Hey. -o. <laughs> but it's funny. Like you know, I've had to wrestle more than a couple of you know weird naked people, and it's, it's always funny that like. When someone appears naked in public, clearly they're not going to listen to reason. So you instantly know, you know, as a police officer, like, okay, well, this guy's outside with no clothes on. That means we're going to have to wrestle him. <laughs> There's really no way to rationalize with this person. But every time I've been involved in something like that, like I've been involved with quite a few times where you have to wrestle like a clothed person. And those situations, they happen real quick, and there's no time for, like, you know, nonverbal communication between the officers. All of a sudden, you just know you're in the polyester pig pile, as we call it, <laughs> on the ground, trying to grab arms and legs and handcuff. But, like, uh, when there's wrestling of a naked person involved, there is always, always a one-second pause before the wrestling begins where the officers make eye contact and look at each other with this look on their face that just goes, <sighs> 
Jeez. Yeah. I guess we have no choice. Yeah. And then they get in uh, after. I was watching a news clip from, I think it was like somewhere in California where. The bike uh, thing? Last, do what? Was it the bike thing where the cop like tackled no, the guy on the bike? No, but that is awesome. Yeah. That cop is, that, yeah, that guy is awesome. And also the car chase where like the one cop ran like a 4-2-40 on the side of the freeway and like levels that dude, I'll, I'll send you that video. That's okay. pretty funny too. But no, this other video was this, this crazy guy who is tweaking on meth shows up in the middle of the daytime at a, at an auto body shop and is completely naked demanding a job. Well, okay, well we got to call the police on that one. <laughs> and so one of the employees starts videotaping it with his phone. Well, the cops get there and right before the wrestling match started, the cops both look at each other. It's a male and a female officer. They just look at each other like, Oh jeez, here we go. And they have to wrestle this guy. And I was like, man, I've seen that look a million yeah. times. I, lo- I feel you, man. I love the logic, not literally. I love the logic that's like if if there's a guy naked in public that like just going up and be like, Hey man, put your clothes on and leave, like the probability, the chances of him going, Okay, are zero. <laughs> Are, are not are not small. It's not 0. 0.5. It is absolutely there is zero percent chance that that's gonna. Yes, happen. there is a zero percent chance. <laughs> and uh, it's th- th- this is also funny. You know, we'll get dispatched on the radio to hey, be en route to you know one two three Main Street on a naked man running down the street or a naked woman. That happens kind of frequently, especially with drugs and whatnot. Well, every so often, officers will get dispatched to those, and an officer like one of the first people that's near the scene will get on the radio and be like. Uh, can I get a uh, suspect description? It's the naked guy. Yeah, the only. If there naked are more guy. than one naked people, man, we're gonna have problems. Yeah. Like, start the national guard. <laughs> Just drive down the street, and the Fine. first naked person that you see, grab him. Is probably yeah. going to be the guy that you're looking for. Right. That's probably like that's an act suspect description right there. <laughs> it's the one with no clothes on. That's funny. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Armstrong, for your incredibly fantastic story. So uh, now it is time for the Simple Human Tip of the Week. It's something you can start doing right now to be a more healthy human. And going back to the Dr. Anthony uh, interview, it is to it is going to be to foam roll or to – my doorbell just rang. That was weird. Uh, to foam roll or, or do something with a lacrosse ball is to work on mashing your fascial tissue. A great resource for that. I think we've we've done this one in the past as a tip of the week, but just to kind of reiterate, uh, becoming a supple leopard is a great resource. And let me uh, put that to make sure I remember to put that in the uh, show notes. Um, but just working on your mobility, working on flexibility, working on not sitting as I'm sitting uh, recording this, working on. I, I'm I'm lying on a bed. Ah, very good, very good. Uh, so that's the tip of the week. It's just every day, five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you can do, stretch, you know, work j- hips, joints, shoulders through their full ranges of motion uh, a little bit at a time. Uh, you will be better off for it. So that, that is, is big. That's key. I- I'm starting to, you know, get to where I'm, you know, doing a little bit of running again. And uh, uh, that's my goal this time when I kind of restart trying to maybe go to my goal of eventually running a marathon. I got to take more care of myself now when I'm still running shorter mileages. So I bought a foam roller. I don't nice. know how to use it. I would have to go to YouTube. So yeah. uh, maybe you will make a YouTube video and yes. I can look at one of those. By the uh, Hopefully by the time this airs, that I will have a, uh, a video on our YouTube channel, which awesome. is at, which you can find the link to at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. There are also links to the Facebook page, the Simply Human Kids page. Follow me on Twitter at simplyhuman52. Also on Instagram at that same handle. Email the show, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com or simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. 
Please leave a review, good or bad. Any publicity is good publicity. And uh, coming up next time it is Jeff Spakes of Primal Run Geek fame. The uh, he has a blog that is uh, highly trafficked. Uh, so we'll have the Everyman series will continue. Um, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. And remember, it's episode twenty six. No, twenty seven. What is it? That was awesome. That is. So until next time, enjoy yourself.